Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions on a variety of animated shows, movies, and anime. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Sam Quattro. Hello. Today, Sam and I will be discussing Boy and the World, the 2013, question mark, question mark, Brazilian film um, by director Ale Abreu. Uh, it is nominated for a 2015 Best Animated Feature Oscar, and uh, Sam and I just watched it, um, and we are going to get into all of the <laughs> crazy details of this movie, um, because this movie is very weird. Uh, you can, we're, 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 Sam and I are intending to cover every uh, Best Picture, Best Animated Feature, I think I said that, uh, yeah. Oscar-nominated film here on the Overland Animated Podcast. This is the fourth one we're doing we've done inside out marnie and uh no melissa already um and now we're doing point in the world and we're going to do sean in the sheet movie later so uh overlyanimated.com is where you can find out everything about this podcast um a lot of prefaces here i think to this podcast number one is you don't know what this movie is because no one knows what this movie is and it's not you're not going to find this in theaters so don't not listen to this because like you haven't seen it and you can't watch it in theaters because you're not going to find it in theaters. If you want to watch this, you're going to have to find it. Um, and that's all I'll say about that. Like it's that's the only way there's like no other way to watch this movie. So, yeah, um, that's just what you're going to have to do. Number two, pro- you can list like spoilers for the entire movie, but this isn't a movie that there's spoilers for. So you can just listen to the podcast, even if you haven't seen the film, probably. Do you agree with yeah, that? Probably. Probably. There's some stuff that happens at the end, but like it's all abstract. This is a very abstract movie. So you can just uh you can just listen to it, right? Um number three, I'm going to go out and say that this movie this podcast will not be suitable for younger audiences. Um this is uh, like this movie is not an it's not an adult movie, but I also think it's like not a kid's movie. Well, why don't you say that about every other like the core podcast at all yeah but like i don't know at the beginning this is like oh this is a kid's movie but no but um it's it's yeah so i'm just gonna say podcast not suitable for younger audiences i want to be free to curse on this basically okay (sighs) um okay so and also i'm drunk okay so let's get (laughs) let's get into boy in the world um so, okay, also, it's a 2013 film, and it's nominated for a 2015 Oscar. I forgot to pull up my uh, Academy Rules page, because I wanted to discuss the uh, rules logistics of this film. Yeah, uh, I, I I, told that to Dylan, and I was like, how is this? How? We are definitely, at some point, discussing, like, how this is eligible for an Oscar. Like, um, You I, are way too hype right now, dude. I'm pretty hype. Dude, this is, movie was a crazy experience watching. Like, I'm not all that hype. I'm pretty hype for this. Okay, like, here's what I want to do first, Sam. I want to read the Wikipedia plot description. <laughs> like, it's like four lines, because I have no idea what, has, what just happened, okay? So you want to be me. I'm going to, it's like me, except I'm reading it after the movie instead of before. Okay. Okay. So let's read Boy in the World's plot description. Kuka, who they never say his name, so I don't know how they know his name, is a boy who lives in a distant world in a small village in the interior of his mythical county, country. One day he sees his father leaving in search of work, embarking on a train towards an unknown capital. The 
Weeks that follow are of anguish and confusing memories. Until then, one night, a breath of wind breaks into his bedroom window and the, takes the boy to a distant and magical place. What? That's not what I just saw. <laughs> I, I think that's an okay description what, of what I just saw. What's this breath of wind part? I, I don't know. What? <laughs> like, his, his dad definitely leaves on a train. I remember that happening. Yes. Okay, let's talk about this movie. This movie is like one of those films. It starts off and it's like super minimalist. I'm like, okay, it's going to be like one of those things that like, Sam's talked about before where it's just like stick figures and they're doing types of stuff. You, like you've recommended on the podcast before. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I forget if it's called Such a Beautiful Day or What a Beautiful yeah, Day. But... It's going to be like one of those where it's just stick figures and stuff. But then it gets like super complex animation. And um, it's it's like and then it's like I don't it's it is it's I don't know. How would you describe how would you describe this? It's super, super abstract. This movie. Yeah. I don't know. It felt sort of like I'm viewing the world through the eyes of a child. I okay. <laughs> I had a whole speech ready about that. You're dude, we're on point. We're on the same wavelength here. Um by the way, the poster for this movie says dazzling, exhilarating, vibrant. Do you agree with those three descriptors? Dazzling is a word. <laughs> dude, um, I agree. I vibrant I think is very true about this movie. That's the only one I would agree with. Yeah, I agree. Like the other two are like okay, okay. So here's here's my experience. First of all, like I'm pretty drunk. Like let's just get that. Oh, yeah. So like watching this movie, this movie is like the only better way I can recommend to watch this movie is high. Like that's this. I can imagine that this would be a crazy movie to watch high. Like one hundred. <sighs> um, but I I had a pretty crazy experience here. And in the beginning, this movie's really boring and dumb. And then. Um, and it's like it's the entire time it's super beautiful and it's like super colorful and I love the animation. But um, as it gets like deeper into the movie, it starts to have like more complex meaning. And like in my head the entire time, I'm like, OK, like this is like a communist critique of capitalism, like as a joke. And then it yeah. starts to actually be like a critique of capitalism. And I'm like so happy and it's crazy. Um, yeah, it had like definitely like critique about like capitalism and industrialism. Dude, I was so happy. It started to like have an actual crazy meaning, and it was the best. <laughs> but I don't know. It's 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 one of these movies that's like not narratively solid. Like it's it doesn't have like a tra- traditional narrative, um, and those aren't really my specialties. Like I I I think that this is more of something where it's like. I'm like, okay, Sam, this is more like a work of art than a narrative. So, like, I feel like I should be defaulting to you on most of this. Well, I'll be here. <laughs> do, you, do you agree with that, though, that it's more like a work of um, art? Like, narrative is a work of art, but, like, yeah. I feel like I... It's more like... I, I understand what you mean. It's more concept-driven than narrative-driven. Like, like I feel like the narrative... Um, very small part of art in general is the one thing I feel capable um, and like I like I feel like I have any sort of expertise speaking on like narrative specifically within art um, but like so like I think narrative is art but I feel like this falls mostly falls outside of the realms of narrative for the most part well narrative better be art I've been told to do projects based off of narrative a lot through my school career do you do you, do you, um, i mean do you agree with that do you think that like this film is like mostly not doesn't have a narrative 
I mean, it does have a narrative. Um, it's there. I mean, you have a. <clears throat> There's like definitely a story going on, especially with like the the train and like uh, the dad and the parents and shit. Um, yeah. But like, like in the beginning, like the dad leaves on the train, and then it doesn't yeah. pay off until the very end. Yeah. Okay, so we follow this boy the entire time, who's apparently named Kuka, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, th- this movie has no dialogue. <laughs> um, there's part the parents speak, and the version Sam and I watched did not have subtitles. I do not think that that was actually Portuguese. I think it, was- it, I was reading it's uh, Portuguese backwards. Yeah, yeah. I, I that's that's actually what I thought. I thought it was backwards, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, I think it's like Charlie Brown speak, right? Like the parents are talking. Wah, wah, so, yeah, yeah. Wah, wah, that's that's wah, what wah. it totally what I thought it was. So like this movie doesn't have dialogue, and it's really just this um abstract like visual representation of a journey of this boy. And most of the time he's young until like the last five minutes when he like turns old randomly at the end, right? And yeah. Um, it's just him and I for the first like hour this movie's like 80 minutes for the first hour I basically have no idea what's going on and in the last 20 minutes it kind of is concrete um he's like then his dad comes home but like who's the guy he's with when he's not with his dad like in the city right some dude the guy with the beanie but then he becomes that guy because then he gets the beanie that's maybe it's him from the future dude, maybe it's I, a that's time exactly travel. what I think it is yeah so this movie's really fucking weird Let's just get that out of the way. Like, I have no idea if this is good or not. Um, <laughs> I have no idea whether it's good or not. Like, in the beginning, I was like, okay, this is really bad. And then in the middle, I was like, I don't know if this is fucking good or not. And then at the end, um, I was like, this is crazy good. <laughs> like, this is so good. Um, but I don't know. What, what What's your read? I don't. I feel like I'm more hype on this movie than you are, but it's also well, just uh, <laughs> about our states, right? So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Um, what, did, what did you think of Boy in the World? I haven't asked you yet. Yeah, you haven't. Um, so I think one of the things to keep in mind with humanity and such, it's easier for us to swallow narratives more and to latch on to things that we can recognize more so than things we can't recognize. Um, so that sort of took me out of the movie a little bit because, to be honest, tonight I felt like watching a movie that like you know, was like a nice story and like not like a nice story, but like had like a story. I did not um, know that this movie would have no story. I knew nothing about this, right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say I admire that it's a feature-length film, but at the same time, I'm not necessarily sure that it works as one. I think, like, um, like for I don't think this is going to win the Oscar, number one. Well, one, no, but um, that's not really super relevant. It's It's more like, um... If it's too like experimental for the Oscar crowd. Well, okay, briefly, briefly, and we'll get into. We're gonna do a uh, best animated feature category preview podcast once we talk about all five. So this is more for that one. But the fact uh, that the Academy nominated this movie is crazy. This is super <laughs> like, like I really respect the best uh, like the animation branch of the Academy. Like I actually think that they're the best. Um, like like uh, crits critical. Uh, group like the Annies are super dumb and I actually think the animation branch of the Academy is in the best position to like actually crown the best um, animated movie here and like they nominated this movie this is a Brazilian abstract weird crazy shit movie right like how did they nominate this I feel like I want to disagree with that given 
their past uh, nominations. Explain that. Like, um, let's see. Last year, they didn't nominate uh, Book of Life or the Lego movie. Not they, not, I love that they didn't nominate the Lego movie. Cause okay, I really like the Lego I movie. I really so don't shut like up. the Lego movie. <laughs> well, we need to talk about that in the future, but like, I hate that movie. But. but they didn't nominate Book of Life. Um, nominated a bunch of other dumb stuff. Second off, they usually give the movie to a, the an Oscar to Pixar. Yeah. Like, that's the majority of what I'm seeing here. Yeah, well, I, I, so yes, I think they have a slight. 2010, bias. I only nominated three movies. Yeah, well, that's Academy Rules. That's not them. Um, no, they, they've nominated more than three movies before. No, it's, it's Academy Rules. Like, if you, if there aren't like, <laughs> if there aren't like 30 movies eligible for the that's thing, dumb. then there's only three. But if there's like over 30, then it's five. Um, I, I like, yeah, I think they have a slight bias towards Pixar, but at the same time, I also think Pixar was the, the most years the Pixar film was the best animated movie looking back, but like not all of them. Anyway, um, this is well, m- Big Hero 6 won up against uh, Princess Kaguya last year, so yeah, I mean, it's I not, disagree. it's not perfect, but like they, they, their nominations are better than their winners. I agree with that. Like they nominated this movie. That's, I'm not saying Brave won over Paranorman. I disagree. Well, I haven't seen Paranorman. I've, I've oh, I, Paranorman like, like this. I, I don't think any other body nominates boy in the world. And I don't necessarily think this is like a great movie, but like, I, I really commend them for watching this movie and for thinking like, wow, this is deserving of praise because I think it is like to a certain extent. Um, I think at the very least, like this is super artistically satisfying to watch, like visually, not artistically, visually. Like I love like like the colors and like the symbolism in the animation, and it's just really clever visually, and it needs to be because it has no dialogue, right? So it just it needs to carry some weight in its visuals. Mm. Um. It's I, I I here's the problem. I think the first hour of Boy in the World has essentially no concrete narrative. So how am I supposed to really like this film when it doesn't have a narrative? The last twenty minutes I think do have a narrative though, and it kind of drew me back in. Yeah. Um, like there's there's one. Th- this is the craziest shit. There's one section at the end which is like live action, <laughs> and it just like a montage of like the worst shit happening in the world and it's like here's like the glaciers melting and here's like shitty capitalism and like right doesn't that section happen yeah it does happen that's so crazy how did that make it into this movie um apparently again i was reading uh the director was originally making a documentary about that type of stuff but it sort of (laughs) turned into this i have not read that that's so yeah it's it's on um, imdb what (laughs) About what? Like all the bad things in um, the world? Give me some. Oh my god! Yeah, he was a uh, doing a documentary about a uh, Latin America, and then it was just like, oh, I'm gonna make an animated film now because that's where the direction is going. So yeah, but he's like, he's like an anime, he's like an animation person. La Abru, like he. <laughs> I'm reading his Wikipedia. He had another animated feature film before this, and then he had short films before that. Well, maybe sometimes documentaries have animated segments. Maybe and he was like going to pivot into a documentary, but then he's like, nah, let's just do this. By the way, this movie is Oh Mieno Io Mundo. I should have said that in the beginning. That's like the actual yeah. title of the film. And it's like Portuguese and I don't know Portuguese, so I'm not pronouncing that right. But yeah, like, 
Like, I okay. How would you describe the message of this movie? <sighs> Stay a kid forever. Do you, okay. Let's talk about that. Okay, you're right. I, I pivoted away from that. So I was gonna go on this rant. Like, okay. So when I'm watching this movie, I'm like thinking about things that I can say on the podcast because this movie is really boring for most of the time. So I'm like actually like monologuing in my head about things to say on the podcast instead of like actually paying attention for the most part. And one of the things I'm monologuing about is uh, this whole kids perspective thing. And you brought it up, so we're on the same wavelength on this, which like it makes sense because you know we're t- super tight and stuff, right? So, um, so like, uh, here's, here's my opinion on this, like kids perspective bullshit, like, and you can tell already cause I use the word bullshit, but like (sighs) most of most films, there's like one critic who says like, this is like when there's a, when there's like a kid in the film and like, it's at all abstract, they're like, this is a film from the perspective of a child and like, I was thinking about that too. And like, I feel like most of the time that's just complete bullshit. Um, but here's the crazy thing. Like we have this film, which I think actually is from the perspective of a child, like very obviously, like this is from the perspective, but also this year, um, 2015, we have, in my opinion, the best child perspective movie of all time, which we both see in room. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Like that movie, like actually does the child perspective thing and like does crazy, great directorial narrative stuff with it. I want to watch it again. I want to watch it again too. Like there's parts (laughs) of it that are like just actually fascinatingly from the perspective of a child. So it's, it's, it's really interesting that we have a movie to talk about. That's, that's also from the perspective of a child when we have like arguably one of the best child perspective movies of all time. Also this year, even though this is a 2013, (laughs) which we'll talk about later, but, um, like, I don't know what, like, what do you think of the child? Like, clearly this is just this one kid the entire time. And it's like him experiencing the world and all like the problems with the world. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, do you think the movie is abstract because it's from a child's perspective? Or do you think that it's like not a thing? I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, and to be honest, I don't really know. I don't really I, care that much. I was thinking more about it. I feel like the, the movie might be more about human, like more about being a human than it is about. That's interesting. Um, cause like, because, yeah. Cause like yeah. the message isn't child specific, right? Because the yeah. message is super critical of industrialism and capitalism. So yeah, it's, it's like, like there's a solid eighth of this movie, which is spent on like a, like a plantation or something. Right. Yeah. Like, like, and they're picking cotton. Is that what they're doing? I don't know. Uh, evidently, that's what it looks doing. like cotton. But this movie's abstract, so it could be anything. And like, um, it's and and that morphs into into then he goes to the city and he sees what the cotton's used for, and it's like evil. And then like, and the, for me, the best part of the movie was like when we realized that um, like industrialism is represented by this black bird, and then this rainbow bird earlier which we saw is like the people and like eventually mm-hmm. the rainbow bird breaks into like a bunch of pieces and um and and at one point the rainbow bird and the black bird are fighting and that was like the climax of the movie to me and that's like the rise of the bourgeois class versus the bourgeoisie yeah. <laughs> the bourgeois versus Bougie. versus versus the versus like the industrial like industrialism and like the ruling class right like i actually th- yeah that's what this movie is about that's so crazy like i i think that's genuinely what this movie is about yeah do you you actually agree with that 
I agree. Yeah, I was thinking that the pretty much the whole time <laughs> I was watching it. Representative birds fighting. <laughs> That's great. I I love. I I can't like at all criticize. I, I mean, I can criticize the movie, but I can't at all say that it's not good. Like, if you have like a bourgeois class bird fighting like a ruling class bird, <laughs> like I'm gonna love the movie. Right? This is so crazy. The bourgeoisie is the ruling class. Or I don't know. Whatever the bourgeois means. Oh my god. The, the the communist, the uprising class versus the person you're rising against class. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Do you think this movie is advocating communism? I don't know communism specifically. <laughs> I don't um but I think more like okay, so you remember how uh Princess Kaguya was like um more like a, like it was um. How do I put this? Uh, historical base. I, like I forgot what Princess Kaguya was for like a hot second. By the way, yeah, it's the movie that I we remember now. On. Yeah, um, that was like three hours long. Yeah, it sort of like reminds me of that. It's sort of like um, I don't want to say like simpler times, but I could, dude, I can see it because like that movie's from the perspective of um Kaguya and like, but it's about like a lot more, right? Yeah. So it kind of reminds me of that. Um, just sort of going back to where um, we were more. Uh, I don't know. Before the Industrial Revolution hit us in the face. Do you think, okay, so Kaguya, one of our big takeaway themes was that um, it's like, uh, this is super not relevant, but. Um, uh, I ta- wish Bourgeoisie was not French so I could spell it. Takahata's films are all about uh, turning, returning, like how cities are evil and like rusticism is good, right? <laughs> oh, that's the word, like rustic, yeah. Yeah, like that's what Takahata's film. Like, you got that impression from this film. Do you think like the city's the evil part? I don't think it's necessarily evil. Um, I don't know. This podcast must be crazy to listen to if you haven't seen the film because yeah. like this film is crazy. So, I. Uh, I I don't I didn't get the impression that like the city was the evil part. Like I thought it was like I actually don't know. <laughs> like what is the evil part? It's it's whoever's making his dad work it or at the yes yes at that plantation right like and yeah. then like they take him away and then he can't stay with his family. Like the big positive in the film was his mom and dad. And yeah. at the end, his mom's still there and his dad never comes back. And like. It's very sad. And like they plant this like circle thing, which was the abstract thing in the beginning, and like it blossoms into a tree, but then there's like blends of something else, and then like the ending of this movie is crazy. The, I thought the ending was like super cathartic. Like there's a lot of stuff that pays off, but only in the last twenty minutes. Yeah. IMO. And just I don't know. So I don't know. Did you did you did you like what did what was your experience watching it? Well, different from yours. So the first um, 60 minutes, I was, like, super bored. Yeah, I, I was feeling bored and, like, oh, we should have watched the sheep movie. Yeah, we probably should have done the sheep. Um, and I was like, oh, how am I going to make it through this? I feel like this is a movie you should see in theaters, not... Well, there's no um, way to... That's not relevant, because it's never exactly. going to be in theaters again, ever, so... Exactly, so, yeah. like, what's the point? Um... <laughs> I don't know, it, like, it picked up a little, like, once we got to the city and stuff, but, um, I don't know, it was just, like, going back to the narrative thing I was talking about, like, narratives are easier to follow, and this is a narrative, but there's, like, not recognizable elements, like, dialogue, or, um, stuff like that, so, I don't know, I'm it's... really tired. 
it's where we have different if you couldn't tell by now sam's like super tired and i'm like super hyped so yeah yeah um, um yeah so i don't know i i took i am like i had a super positive experience overall but at the same time i was really bored and i don't think this movie's substantial so that's what i was gonna say i was gonna say at some point before you interrupted me um i apologize i don't know no, it's not your fault it's what movie did your fault um, wow wow i feel like while i i admire it for being a feature i feel like it would have worked better as a short so yeah you did say that my response was like I don't know well it, you said no. you said the the feature part you did i was definitely thinking about saying the short you, you thing. said you said something that i implied was that so i i, I was like okay i kind I kind of agree because as bored, this movie seems longer than it is. But at the same time, the best part is the ending. So, like, I guess you cut out some of the middle and then you make it shorter. Like twenty minutes. You make tw- it like a twenty minutes short. I don't think I don't think it would have worked twenty minutes because I think that the ending is super cathartic because there's so much in the middle. Hmm. Like, like how I don't. Then again, there's only twenty minutes of actual story in this movie. So maybe you cut out the abstract parts. Yeah, but then you don't have all that beautiful shit that people like. Yeah. I mean, you can still have a lot of it. <laughs> There's the one point. Okay, speaking. by the way, I'm starting to remember stuff. There's like one point where the, we see like animals from the distance and it's like, oh, there's giraffes. And then it's like, no, the giraffes are machines. And <laughs> and like like and like industrialism is terrible. And um, there's one point when he's like on a boat and like crates are falling and he has to like escape from being crushed by the industrialist crates. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, my goodness. I love that this movie exists, though. I just I, I can't believe that this is a thing that I just watched. Um, I will say, like, I love the use of color here. Uh, yeah. There's one part. Oh, there's one part that's like inverted colors and it's like crazy tripping and um it's like a nightmare sequence or something but all of this is like not real so how can there be a nightmare sequence when none of it's real so it's in i don't even know just stuff flashes on the screen and it's crazy weird and then like the best part obviously is like the live action bar where <laughs> where it's just well, here's all the problems in the world but i don't know i'm i'm it's i, I this this probably sounds crazy but this movie's crazy there's a lot of crazy did, things. Did you were you as a, as a person who's more exposed to art than I am? Were you particularly impressed by the use like by like the colors or by like the use uh, or by like the abstractness or stuff like that? I I was yeah I was like wow this is good this is different but then again I go to art school and I see a lot of this shit all the time so it's like uh, so it's like uh, I'm really sick of art <laughs> I'm sorry but I am. Don't put that on my resume. Say I'm really sick of art artists. Yeah. Comma artist, yeah. Comma getting my BFA it's, in it's, a couple months. I don't know. I loved the I, I feel like this had the, this movie had like the most colors that stood out to me. I, that's a weird thing to say, but like it was like vi- I, I do think colors. vibrant is very accurate. Like I feel like it was more vibrant than maybe any movie I've ever seen. The most colors. The most colors used. Um ever. And like uh, ever, the most colors ever. Yeah. What do you think of like f- the theme of family before we start talking about Oscar eligibility? Because <laughs> that's our next topic. What do you think of the theme of uh, family in this? Because like the only like positive in this boy's life is like his mom and dad, right? His skeleton-looking father. You his father. His father reminded me of the guys from um, that video game that we played. The skeletons in that video game that we played. Undertale. Undertale. Yeah. 
my god. He was his dad was Hans, right? Ha- Hans, Hans. Yeah. Hoa. Yeah. Like his name? No, the the there's two skeletons in. No, there's there's Sans. Oh, Sans, not Hans. Who's I the thought short it was Hans. ones? No, the I don't Sans, care. Which, like I don't Hans care. Sans. What did you think of his, his parents? And there's another one named Papyrus. As yeah, in... what is his dad Papyrus? I don't know. What do you think of the theme of family and boy in the world? I was gonna get to that, but then you were just like, "Oh, they look like skeletons in that one video game we played." Um, I thought, like, I don't, you mentioned that thing earlier about how the the story was essentially like a kid sort of trying to understand why his father is being taken away from him, and that made me sad. Um, I don't know. I like family is important in life. Yeah. Uh, I think, like, that's sort of what ties all the fantastical uh, imagery that we see together is family. I'm really tired. I don't know. I don't know much to say about the family thing. Like, I guess family is what's important and industrialism is what's terrible. I guess. Yes. That's what they say. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about Oscar Elgin. <laughs> yeah. So this movie came out in 2013 and it premiered at a film festival, um, in the Otto International Animation Festival. Interesting. I didn't know that existed. Um, and then it premiered in January 2014 in Brazil commercially, and then it's I guess came out in the U.S. here in 2015. But I don't see like that in December. In December, I guess they premiered in one theater, right? That that was in, that was on IMDb. Yeah. Okay, I don't see that on Wikipedia. So um, let's talk about Oscar eligibility rules because Sam and I researched this because next this year, 2016, only yesterday, the 1991 Studio Ghibli film is coming out in the U.S. The first time ever released dub, and I was like. I'm pretty sure this is not going to be eligible for an Oscar. I think Let's... it already premiered in a theater. Oh, I guess it premiered already. Yeah, starring Daisy Ridley, aka Ray. Um, I, I thought that I was like, I thought that this movie. Pretty sure this movie is not going to be eligible. But like, let's make sure because its English release is happening in 2016, so maybe it's actually eligible for an Oscar. So I researched the Academy rules. And... Oh, it's nationwide. It's um going to be out uh February 26th. Okay, good. So it's not not yet. You all be able to experience. It came out in New York though. Already. You'll be able to experience one of Sam and I's favorite movies ever, probably. Or at least mine. Um, you don't speak. I don't speak. That's why I said at least mine. In in, in English for the first time. I'm interested to see how they dub that. But um, I actually thought of the pineapple scene during this movie. There's one scene where they're eating something, and I was like, dude, the pineapple scene. Yep. Yep. So um, section three, rule three in the official Oscar rules, number two. A motion picture, first theatrically, this is for the Oscars last year. So the date you have to add, you have to say do everything a year in advance, right? Um, let me wait. Okay, so the required Los Angeles County qualifying run must begin between January 1st and the midnight of January 1st, 2014 and midnight of January 31st, 2015. Okay, this is this year. So it says, A most picture first theatrically exhibited inside the U.S. prior to the Los Angeles County qualifying run shall be eligible for submission prior to provided the prior exhibition is a theatrical preview or festival screening or takes place in a commercial motion picture theater after January 1st, 2014. 
no non-theatrical public exhibition or di- or distribution may occur prior to the first day of the Los Angeles County qualifying run. So this film is eligible for this year's Oscars because it aired theatrically in Brazil in January 2014, which barely met the Academy deadline. And then it aired in one theater in Los Angeles County at the end of 2015. Therefore, it's eligible for the 2016 Oscars. Oh, boy. That's a lot. <laughs> That's like a barely met the strict deadline. And no, Only Yesterday is not eligible because it aired theatrically in Japan in 1991. So, no. What do you think? That's like... I mean, obviously, it's eligible because it got nominated, but we're just going to confirm this. That's like upping your, like, font size, like, a point or two. And, like, making the <laughs> margins as, like, wide as you possibly can. I guess. Like, I gotta, I gotta meet the requirements. What benefit this does paper. this movie getting, being nominated for an Oscar have financially on anyone involved in this movie? Probably nothing. Uh, probably something good. I mean, it's like, unless they, they can sell a DVDs, like, I guess hey. DVDs, but like, they're not going to release it again. So I don't know. DVDs. I guess DVDs, but like, who's buying this? I don't know. Nobody knows what this is. I don't, maybe this is big in Brazil. I don't think so. I don't know. No. G Kids released it, I guess, here. That's it says I wouldn't know this from the article, the Wikipedia article, but it says G Kids animated films tagged at the bottom. So Yeah. Okay. Boy and the world. What else do we have to say about this? Um nah. It's okay. It's not gonna win. Yeah, but like who cares? <laughs> Like Inside Out's gonna win, but it, who's who cares? Like that's not necessarily uh, the best animated film. Deal. We'll discuss that in our thing. Yeah. See how good Shaun of the Sheep is. Because that's next. That's probably not gonna be any good. <laughs> probably not. I thought this would be better. That's why I did this one now. Yeah. I'm pretty happy I watched this like drunk because it was great. Uh, like I don't feel my, I don't feel like my life has been changed. No, I'm gonna. It's, it's not like it's not. I'm. It's not like super great, and I'm gonna like remember it forever. But yeah. It killed some time. Oh, music. Like, there's like there's like two recurring music themes that happened throughout the movie that were like really good. Like, and I love the music. flute. There's like the flute recorded. one, and then there's like, uh, yeah. And then, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's the flute one too, because which is represented by that little object. Which all of that made no sense if, unless you've seen the movie. But yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. Me neither. I'm just waiting for you to finish. Wow, rude. Dazzling, exhilarating, vibrant. A film of beauty, wonder, seamless sadness, and joy. Seamless sadness. Seamless sadness. Yeah, there you go. Um, if you have seen this movie, which, first of all, fifty only 50 people are going to listen to this. And- oh, I feel like that's less... Well, yeah. I mean, our, our Anomalisa podcast was like one of our lowest <laughs> viewed. Um, but like, obviously, because no one's seen that movie, right? And less people are going to have seen this one. So if you actually have seen this and you've listened to this point, let me know what you've thought of what you thought of this movie. Because I'm very curious. I don't think I'd be able to look. I mean, let's we can check this on Ron's Tomatoes. I actually haven't done that yet. Do it um, now. Yeah, let's 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 look this up. Oh, my shoulders hurt. Boy and whatever. The world is world. I doubt that this is many reviews. There's 29 reviews, 93% positive. 
Okay, let's read some of the things. The pencil and crayon drawings come to vivid, colorful life to tell a more complex, if hardly subtle, story than you would expect. Ah, uh, hardly subtle. I agree, it's not subtle. <laughs> There's that one sequence, it's not subtle. Um, Boy and the World is dazzlingly colorful and alive, often resembling a more elaborate version of the kinds of childlike drawings you probably have stuck to your refrigerator door right now. That's a dumb, that's a dumb quote. Yeah, um, yeah. The wonder of life's shortest season, childhood, is explored in Boy and the World, a magical and often bleak <laughs> parable about societal clashes. Societal clashes. Okay, that ending part I agree with. Um, Boy in the World reminds viewers that that an animated feature can be more intimate and personal than the big budget CG extravaganza is produced by Hollywood Studios. Okay, I guess I agree with that. Uh, it's hard to put into words the wildly imagined, imagined beauty of director Ali Abru's drawing, which with crayons and other tools kids might use. I, you're assuming that this was colored with crayons. I kind of doubt it was. Mm. Paints, and and, um, paints an impressionistic canvas of unique of unease and disquiet of hope and wonder filled with glorious music magical though sometimes it's black magic what black magic what yeah so um as expected these are not very substantial it's like some lost globally conscious color fest from the 70s reinvented with mr abru's verve i agree with that it feels like some weird like 70s or 80s movie the wonder of life's shortest season oh i just i already read that one that was that was the dumbest one there you go so congrats to the um animation branch of the academy for nominating this because it's really weird good job i guess good job i guess let us know what you thought of this i'm dylan heiss and that's sam quattro you can find out everything about this podcast at overlyanimated.com. you can support us on patreon.com slash overly animated thanks to our current Patron Shayna, Mitch Cordell, Beatrice, Nate, Andy, Jamie, and Rachel, aka Hayna, Fever, Mitch Cordell, University, Beatrice Exchange, Buzz Lightyear, Mailman, and Rachel Rose. Um, Sam and I will be back to cover Sean and the Sheep movie at some point. I don't even know if that's what it's called. Is movie in the title of that movie? I don't know. <laughs> it's just like Sheep. Sean of the Sheep. Like Sean, Sean of, of the Sheep. Sean of the Dead. Sean the Sheep. It's not actually a movie in the So it's a zombie. Yeah, it's Sean sheep. of the Sheep movie. Yeah. Uh, that movie, let's see how long this is. Um. Wow, I can't find it. Oh, okay. oh, it was like it was a thing before. Okay, oh, it actually is Sean the Sheep movie because it was a thing before it was a thing. It was like a TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's what I was on before. Sean the Sheep movie. So it's it's like a reverse Jimmy Neutron. Eighty-five minutes. <laughs> Jimmy Neutron was a movie first. That's weird. <laughs> it's, yeah. I don't think it's really weird at all. It's weird. Distributed by Studio Canal, who like did code? Didn't they do Code Lyoko? I don't know. Uh, Why do you ask me these things? I thought it was done by like the same people who did like Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, but like this is like a weird production studio. I <sighs> did. I don't know. We. I feel like that's. I just made that was like a dumb thing that I just said. Yeah, um, they did Source Code. They did Poppy Hill. Okay, so they did Source Code. The Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Dude, I love that movie. <laughs> I like that movie too. I saw it um in that my movie? chemistry class for some reason. What's his face uh, is great. He did Moon. Did you see Moon? Uh, Duncan Jones. Yeah, Duncan Jones, aka Dave David Bowie's son. Oh, he is David Bowie's son, dude. I love Duncan Jones. Moon is so good. I've never seen it. So good that movie. You need to see that movie. Uh, uh maybe some other time. Sean the Sheep movie. Studio Eight is. I don't know. I I ignore the dumb things I said. 
source code. Source code, dude. John the Sheep movie. Sorry. Production studios Big are weird. They just like finance a bunch of shit. So it's like not directed by Duncan Jones. Dude, Duncan Jones. I love Duncan Jones. There's like ten. There's like ten. This is the dumb boy. There's like ten sci-fi directors who are like up and coming, great like sci-fi director that like you'll see on websites and like the guy who recently did um ex machina is on that list and duncan jones is on that list and it's like um yeah came out a while ago it came out like he's doing duncan jones's next movie is the warcraft movie coming out this year world of warcraft the mo- well hopefully you're not a yule bull duncan Okay. Yeah, you, you don't. We're not, we're not talking about that. Yeah, I know what that is. We're not talking. About that. <sighs> okay. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next. Our next podcasts are. We should podcast on the Super Mario Brothers movie. No, we're not doing that. Yeah, let's do it. Let's podcast on Legend of Zelda the animated series. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah let's do that. Excuse me. No other thing to come out of that. Let's let's do a podcast on the animated sections of um the cdi zelda games i thought this was the the sean the she movie i thought this was the um the paranorman studio is it not hold on who i need to wikipedia this now give me a second i thought it was sean not immediately seeing it i'm like pretty sure yeah it's Leica. i thought it was Leica. yeah that it was Leica. but it's not Leica. it's actually not wow Uh, weird what? <laughs> Interesting. Particularly talk here, boy. No, it's not like I'm on the Leica page, and it's not them. It's the Wallace and Wallace and Gromit people. But that's different than the Leica people, isn't it? I guess I don't know. It's Ardman Animations who did Shaun the Sheep. Or no, I need to look this up. Hold on. They did like Chicken Run and like. Oh, it's away. the Chicken Run Studio. Okay, that's different, isn't it? Yeah. It's Ardman Animations. Ardman Animations. Like a... Oh my god, Chicken Run. We need a podcast on Chicken Run, dude. I've Curse of the Werewolf. I saw Curse of the Were Rabbit in theaters in 2005. I've never seen that movie. Um, oh, the Pirates. Oh, I always imagined that that movie was better than like it looked because this is all. Oh, I thought Laika and the Chicken Run Studio were the same. No. <laughs> Apparently, they're different. Okay, now I want to actually this... watch this because I want to see Pirates. Like and I want to podcast about pirates because I saw that trailer in 2012 like ten times and it was like I always like thought it was actually kind of funny that trailer. Why don't we uh, podcast about Gumby? Gumby. 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 You ever heard of Gumby? The the green thing. Yeah, he had a, he has a movie. When Gumby the movie in 1995. Oh <laughs> no, thank you. Okay, That's I'm just I'm not gonna publish this podcast. This is just for fun. <laughs> Really? JK. Maybe. Really? Probably J- Probably JK. Oh my god. Okay, thanks for guys. Let us know what you thought of. just wasted like two hours of my life. Oh I'm publishing it, okay? Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye.